Welcome once again to Matt and Brett Love Comics. This is one half of the title. This is Matt. And this is Love Comics. <laughs> this is Brett. That wasn't good. Nick, you're ampersand. Oh, no. I'm not a monkey. Whoa. That was oh, a yeah, there, reference. Yep, there we go. There we go. Already starting with it. Yeah. Already starting with it. It was my own fault. It was my own fault for sending that email. <laughs> Matt has not read all of Why the Last Man, and I'm actually the only person in this room who has read all 60 issues. Oh, okay, so good, okay. I could at some point spoil it for everyone. I'm not going to. I'm not a jerk. We could at some point beat you up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is true. Even though I am on home base, but it's fine. That's true. Yeah, that would be unfair of us. Uh, then we would get two for flinching. Yeah. Is that how it works? What's that? Is, that a, is that a playground thing? Yeah, you would, uh, like, someone would come up and like feign like they were going to punch you, and if you, excuse me, and if you flinched, uh, you would flinch, and then they go, "Oh, two for flinching," and then like punch in the I arm. Yes, is that if you had friends in school? Yeah, I think so. I didn't I have it's not. I feel like it's if you had enemies. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like it, right? It's, it's like, oh yeah, two for flinching. I was gonna punch you, <laughs> and then you chickened out when I tried to punch you. So now I'm gonna punch you two times. Yes. Yeah. And now since you're getting punched two times, I have to punch you three times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> three for getting hit. Yeah. <laughs> so that's six total. It's just a Fibonacci sequence of death. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the uh, golden ratio of bruises around yeah. your chest. <clears throat> that those lovely dulcet tones. What does dulcet mean? It means from. Angels? The land of Dulce. Okay. Oh, our, from, which is where I was born. Okay, Dulce. our Dulce native Aaron Burdett. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Straight out of Dulce. Yeah. Uh, Aaron is a very funny comedy writer. You may have heard some of his work on this very podcast in oh, yeah. uh, Spider-Man 4. <clears throat> and you did Dark Knight 4 as well, right? Uh, no. I did Spider-Man 4, Ninth, Ninth Mare on Elm Street, yeah. and The yes. Hobbit. Yeah. Yes. And you were in Spider-Man 4. That's right. As Jack Rocket, among other things. <laughs> yeah, as Jack Rocket. You were. <laughs> Who I created and killed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you created him. You have the right to do that. Yeah. You have that right. I love, too, that in the in the description, in the script itself that you wrote, it's a cool villain was the description <laughs> of him. Yeah. He was cool. He had sunglasses on. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> and a jetpack. Yeah. What? Isn't it, was it Rocket Racer? Was that a character? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, seemed, seemed like that kind of guy. Yeah, Rocket Racer. Were you Racer. thinking of that? Were you thinking of uh, Rocket Racer? I looked at. I was thinking he was Johnny Rocket, but oh. then I was like, "That's too stupid." Sure, Johnny Rocket the restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> but then I was like, maybe not. Maybe he's just the Rocketeer with sunglasses. <laughs> I'll take that too. Yeah. See, I I immediately thought Rocket Racer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the old Spider-Man friend, yeah. and uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he looked really goofy. He had uh, he had like those sort of yellow tinted Bono sunglasses, but they were wraparounds. <clears throat> he was an African American guy with a flat top, and his primary colors were uh, bright red and bright yellow. Yeah, he had random sh- like sort of shoulder pads. Like they didn't come out too far. They didn't cable out, but yeah. you know they were out there that's, a little bit. That's a measurement of length. Yeah, you have like Mister Sinister length, and you have like Colossus, and then cable. Like. Yeah. You know, there was a... Sounds like a guy who was not drawn by, like, Dave McKean. Yeah. No, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. There was a there was an official handbook to the Marvel Universe uh, drawing that you could probably find out there. It was, like, from when Cable first debuted. And 
I don't know if they drew it as a joke because of the way that Rob Liefeld drew him, but they drew him with the shoulder pads. It was like his original getup where he had yeah. just the shoulder pads and no shirt underneath, right? Yeah. And the shoulder as pads were do. huge. Yeah. And they showed everyone in the official handbook of the Marvel Universe in, in profile as, run, as well as front facing. Yeah. And when they showed him in profile, there was like a good foot and a half of room between his shoulder <laughs> and the shoulder pad itself. So it's just floating above him? It's, well, no, it's strapped down like it, it tapers yeah. down and straps okay. around the middle, but there's just there's just nothing up here. It's like he's perpetually in a roller coaster harness. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, that, does, that sounds like Lee Phil. Yeah. yeah. So... Is it Liefeld or Liefeld? I don't know. How I guess Liefeld. Because he lies. Name. Yeah. That's true. Oh, oh he my. lies in dirt. Whoa, easy. Easy there, Brett. <clears throat> I have um, issues. Yeah, we all have issues with him. Aaron, you're, you're a really funny writer. Um, you got a redonkulous Twitter. It's amazeballs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one of my tweets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this Twitter's redonkulous. Check out my amazeballs. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so, where, uh, where are you from, originally? Uh, I grew up in Alabama slash Mississippi. Oh, where at specifically? Um, three different places, I guess. I was born in Birmingham. Uh. Checks out, checks out. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I'm sure I'm holding up a passport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, From I when was, you were a baby. Yeah. Baby passport. Uh, baby passport. <laughs> Um, then I moved to southern Alabama in uh, Fairhope, which is near Mobile, okay. people have heard of. Yeah, yeah. And then I moved to high school, I, uh, a different high school in Gulfport, Mississippi, where the casinos are. Oh, cool. So was it, that was just Culture. like right over the border there? Or? Uh, Fairhope and Gulfport are about an hour and a half apart. So oh, okay. it wasn't that far of a move, but it was into a dirty, horrible place. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Like, Fairhope is, like, this really small town. Uh, I think it has probably, like, I don't know, maybe 20,000 people that live in it. Okay. It's, wow. It's pretty small compared to most places in America. <laughs> yeah. Um, real, like, cut off. People don't like you if you move in, which oh, I did. yeah. Oh, delightful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then moving to Gulfport, I liked the people a lot. But the city is just like this dirt pit. <laughs> no offense, Gulfport. I'm just if anybody's listening. We've got a huge yeah. demo in Gulfport. I did listen. I mean, I just, I don't know. I feel like anytime I talk bad about something, someone's going to hear me that will be offended that I know personally or yeah. something. And that's at but, Aaron Burdett on Twitter? <laughs> is that? Yes. Yes, yes okay. that's true. That's fine. Uh, no, it's just like there's nothing there and it except casinos. Um, yeah. It's just weird and flat. The, uh, it's on what's called the Mississippi Sound, mm -hmm. which is part of the Gulf Coast, of the Gulf of Mexico, but it's behind a bunch of barrier islands that just dump dirt into the, the ocean. <laughs> nice. Because dump dirt? Where does it come from? The islands are like, they're, they're these large islands uh, that sit out like a mile off the coast. Okay. And then the waves just smash into these islands, oh. and all the dirt... And gross whatever from the islands just dumps into the sound. So it's the just sound they're, they're is... condom islands. That's where they grow and they yeah. just sort of wash out into the sea, <laughs> right? And, and like just... the things that hold six packs together. Oh yeah, gotta cut those apart. I learned that on GI Joe, I think, one of their PSAs. That's yeah. fair to cut those things open. You Makes sense. You should cut those open. We all come from fish well, and ducks get stuck in there. I'm from the south. I'm from Tennessee, so I relate to 
not being a fan of where you're from. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, that was that was that touchy? I don't know. No, um, I mean, I, I guess I'm not... I didn't hate it. Like, I was not yeah. sitting around just like, oh, I can't wait to move to yeah. Liberal Town, New York. Liberal Town, <laughs> USA! <laughs> but uh, yeah. it was weird. It's... I mean, I... I didn't. I probably didn't appreciate living in the South when I lived in the South, but living in New York, being from the South, I have a newfound weird pride of it. Like after I moved here, I was like, I want some Nashville shirts. Darn it! <laughs> uh, like I bought that when Obama, when President Obama won again, I went on eBay and bought an Obama y'all T-shirt, which just says Obama y'all. <laughs> I like it because at the DNC, that was the official T-shirt of the DNC this year. But you can only buy the actual, which is like red and really nice looking there. But instead, I have a white one. Hmm. Um, as 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 it would be in the South. I yeah, like that. nice white T-shirt. If yeah. I wore that home, I would get punched. Yeah, I when I was packing to go back home to Tennessee, I was like, "Can I? Should I even just to sleep in? Take this." <laughs> uh, well, you have a very you have a very conservative family. Oh yeah, you your Twitter your Facebook. <laughs> I, I hope they never find this. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, how it is. Yeah, and uh, that's facebook.com slash Aaron Burdett. <laughs> they can find that all they want. They're all blocked. <laughs> oh yeah, um, I know how that is. No, it, it was. Uh, I went home for Christmas, and it was very racist. <laughs> there were a lot of extremely racist things said. Everybody like and just unbelievably racist. Like the kind of racism that hasn't existed in. Yeah. Decades, like you, you'll hear somebody say something that I like. I can't even say it. Like no, I yeah. can't bring myself to say. Did any your dad of come down on Christmas morning in blackface or something? <laughs> my dad, my direct family, my mom and dad are not uh, as much part of the problem as the uh, like immediate extended family. Oh, oh, I know all about that. Yeah, Satellite. but it's yeah. still really close. Like we hang out with them all the time. I know them really well. It's not like oh, once you know. Once a year, we get together and we just have to put up with them. Like they're all very close to us, so yeah. it's still like a close family. And then there's just like awful, just like there's there's n words said. Yeah, there's when a bunch of white people are hanging out and there's no confrontation. Why does that word need to come up? Every single thing we did, somehow race would come up, and we would be doing nothing related to race. We wouldn't like it's not like we're sitting there like watching. An old Malcolm X You're video. You're watching <laughs> Roots. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they're like, oh, I hate this. They were just like, which also not, I don't condone. Yeah. But this was just like totally unprovoked. We'd be sitting there just like <clears throat> watching a Christmas story. And someone would be like... A very white movie. A very white movie. Incredibly. No triggers in it for them yeah. to suddenly decide to start being racist. And then they would just like, apropos of nothing, just start r- ranting on something about... Uh, black people or yeah. Hispanic people or something. You know, I feel like stuff like that really betrays a sort of insecurity. 100%. One thing I was wanting to ask you about, Aaron, was uh, being a comic book fan, was that frowned upon in the in this South? Or oh, how great easy, question. Yeah. Or how easy was it? Because I know how well, weird it was for me. With, with how mine, was mine was a real specific... Which one of the islands had the comic shop? <laughs> uh, well, they were all re- washed directly into the sound. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So yeah. there was, you would just go down and a bunch of X-Men would wash up on the shore. <laughs> and take them home. So, you know, he's going to... Fan- Brett's going to, like, that's his fantasy. It's yeah. like living on the well, beach and having X-Men comics washed in. Unless they're water damaged, then they're no, not No, they were per- perfectly preserved. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. They were all in slabs. Yeah. Um, I guess, so... When I was in middle school <coughs> is when I, well, some elementary school I was like 
I would kind of read X Men every now and then. Okay. But I wasn't super into it in elementary school. What around around what time was that? That like, is ninety one to ninety five. Because we are the same age. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's in that it's in that zone. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I was reading it a little bit, but wasn't like I was never that invested in it. Then for some reason, I became obsessed with all of the Sonic the Hedgehog video games. Yes. And so, by did you say for some reason? I mean, I think I was, the reason was the games were awesome. Yeah, they were you awesome. were a kid. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But I would only play those games. Okay. Like, I got to a point where I was just like, I would play through Sonic 1, and then I'd put in Sonic 2, and I'd play through Sonic 2, and then I'd do Sonic 3, and Knuckles, and I would just play through all of them and then repeat it. Did you? Wow. Would you play, uh, would you do debug mode in Sonic 2? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, and what is that? It's like you could, if you input a code via the sound test numbers you played uh you played certain sounds it was like 11 11 uh, 11 192 because that was the release date of sonic 2 it was the release date of sonic 2 hmm. you played those three numbers and then you also and then after that you played like i think it was like the birthday of the guy that was like the creator oh, wow. of Sonic, which was uh, something, something, then 19, then 65. And you could do anything that you wanted with the game. Yeah. Wow. He was young. <laughs> yeah, he was young. He was like our age. He um, created Sonic. But, so, being obsessed with that, I just started, uh, I started watching the Saturday morning cartoon. Jalil White. Uh, yeah, I guess. It, <clears> well, did, there were two Saturday there morning cartoons. Yeah. There was a Saturday morning, which everybody called Sat-Am. Yeah. Sonic. Oh, okay. And then there was the afternoon weekday one. And I think Julia White was both of them. Oh, really? Well, I know. The the one that was on Saturday mornings, Sat-Am, apparently, was like the dystopian future. Like, yeah, I was going to say, one had like a darker tone than the other, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other one was more like just four color, like, gleeful fun. Yeah. I assume. It was I didn't watch ridiculous. that one. That one was just absurd. Yeah. It was so stupid. Well, the other one, the dark one was like, they're freedom fighters fighting against, I guess, Dr. Robotnik. Like, yeah. it was dark. Looking. It was real dark. Yeah. And I liked that a lot. Yeah. yeah. And that's what made me start reading the Sonic the Hedgehog comic books because the Saturday morning cartoon was based on the comic books. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, Did the head, what issue were the comics on when you started reading? Had they been around for a while? Because they're still going. Yeah. They're on issue like two hundred or something now. I think that's what I wanted to discuss too. So, so yeah. When when did you when did you kind of jump in? Do you remember? I feel like I jumped in pretty early. <clears throat> the thing that I do remember is that it was before issue twenty five because issue twenty five they released with like a silver yeah of cost cover cool. that had him fighting Mecha Sonic. The villain from I'm really Sonic glad CD. that even Archie Comics got in on that in the 90s. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, 25th issue, uh, Mecha Sonic and foil cover. Got it. Yep. Done. Yeah. Um, and I remember getting that one in the mail. Ooh. So I had, because I had a subscription. So oh, I, you fancy, huh? Yeah. Mail. <laughs> remember that, kids? Um, and it had started by then, but at the beginning, it wasn't quite as dark. It was like, oh, Dr. Robotnik is the evil king. And yeah. they uh, they just, like, mess with him was the first probably 15, 20 issues. was just, like, silly mm -hmm. storylines that <clears throat> I didn't really like that much, but I just kind of read. And I went back and bought every issue from zero. There was zero through three, and then they started over at one because uh, oh. they just did a, a four-issue miniseries, okay. and okay. then they turned it into a full series. Because you can't do one through. You couldn't do one through four in the 90s either. Yeah, it like... had to start with, like, zero. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. It was a uh, negative two through two. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like five issue miniseries. <laughs> what? Um, and in particular, that didn't have any storyline. There was no storyline per issue. So yeah. having a zero, which was the actual first issue, it's not like they had a one and they were like, oh, we should do a prequel to lead into yeah. it. They just started with zero for That's... no reason. Okay. <laughs> sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I got really into that. And then it, when it started kind of going the way of like actually having overarching plots yeah. and uh, following the characters, I started being like, oh, no, this is cool. <laughs> and I still think, I haven't read it in a long time, but I still think it wasn't bad. Well, what's interesting about that is, and, you know, Brett and I consider ourselves pretty big comic book geeks, I am completely detached from these books, from, like, the entire Sonic, and there is this, the the Sonic books are one of the most rock-solid selling franchises in all of comics. They're still going. Yeah, and there is is this fervent following that they have. Yeah. Um, If you look up like characters Wikipedia pages, they're insanely detailed. Uh, has anyone seen this amazing YouTube video? I think it's by a user called like Guptill sixty nine or like Guptill some number. I just assume sixty nine because it's YouTube. Where uh, he does the top ten hottest babes of the Sonic yes. universe. Yes. And, oh, and, we watched. Yeah. We watched that here. And all, and all of it's like. And, and he he adopts this, like, very morning radio show, like, I'm taking a really professional-sounding... And he and it's like he wrote... He literally like, wrote copy for all ten, which all ten, like, have a point, like, of why they're hot. And a lot of them are like, with three, uh, with three hair tendrils that go from here to here, she is rocking my world. And, like, stuff like... <laughs> so we so uh, watched, like, FHM's Top 100 Babes. Yeah. yeah. And wrote it about yes. women who are actually squirrels. Yeah. <laughs> well, one's like, one is also like, she's like, the, she's like the size of a real human woman or something. What a weird choice. Yeah, just maybe uh, have crushes on real human women. I don't know. Yeah. Is that, I, maybe I shouldn't dictate what cartoon characters people are attracted to. But... I will say, when I was young, youngish, when I was like a middle school-ish that time, I remember thinking that Princess Sally, who is the main female character, yeah. was, I was like, she's like, hot, I guess. Yeah. Nice. Like, okay. I remember thinking it <clears throat> because she's shaped like a woman. Yes. She's not shaped like a squirrel. She's a squirrel. Yeah. That's but... why she was number one. She is shaped like a real woman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> number one was like... the bat thing. Oh, I don't, I think that was after me. I think I don't the bat really, thing I don't really know one. what that is. Because I stopped reading like around... Bustier or something. Like... 100 or something. The bat is from Sonic Adventure, one of the video games that they okay. wrote her into the comics. Yeah. Oh, okay. I do know that, but I don't really know <laughs> what well, she is. I don't know her deal. The weird thing, I know the, the female protagonist on the Sat-Am cartoon, yes. using the lingo, was naked. Like, she was wearing tennis shoes and that's it. That's Princess Sally. Yeah. yeah. And it's weird, because when you think of any other female, I'm trying to think, like, you think of any other female cartoon character, they are Always covered up. That's like, true. Like mi- like Minnie Mouse, Daisy Duck. Gadget. Like they're all like Donald Duck doesn't need to wear pants. Right. But Daisy Duke Daisy Duke, Daisy Duck wears a dress. Uh so then you have that Sonic the Hedgehog girl and she's just naked. She's naked, but none of the other girls in the series are. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So there's this there's a girl whose name's Bunny Rabbit <laughs> because she's a bunny who is half robot. 
I don't see it. She got a. I don't get it. She got like caught. Like the whole thing for the first fifty issues is that Robotnik took over the world because he invented this. Like the world is consists mostly of anthropomorphic animals and one human, two humans. Okay. Uh, And he invented this machine that turns them into slave robots that have to do his bidding, which is sort of from the game. Yeah. Like really weakly from the game, but they made it like they made it like real intense. Like he like is stealing their souls, and so like it was like this dark like you lose your. You lose your humanity when you get turned into a robot, like this dark, like Philip anim- K. Dick your thing. Your animanity, yeah, yeah. animanity. And um, she got caught halfway into the machine before someone pulled her out, so she's only half robot. So Ooh. her brain is intact, but she has powers of a robot in half of her body. Huh. That's her deal. But she wears like a dress. She has like a weird, <laughs> like the way she's dressed up. There's like, I'm, clothes. I'm imagining her as looking like one of those. Um, like roller derby girls who loves pinup, like fifties pinup. Like she's yes. like covered in tats, but like wearing like a cute like baby doll dress that's or exact, something. That's like, about exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, that's mm-hmm. number one on my list. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that Bunny like. Rabot is the type of girl that I want to read more stories about. If that's yeah. the case. Also, the amount of time that went into her name. Yeah. <laughs> she's a bunny rabbit who's like a robot. Bunny oh come rabbit, on, no. let's go. Come bunny on, robot, you would shut up. You would, you would, uh, I would high five myself if I was writing a sketch and came up with that. <laughs> yeah, and then made it into a lasting character that I believe is still around. Yeah, <laughs> it's it. The yeah, all of Archie's stuff is such a ever like long lasting universe. Yeah, which and it's it's fascinating to me because I never realized because it was something that I just didn't connect with and I never paid never paid much mind to that there's there's such a, a rich continuity there and there's like a lot of people who are really really deeply into it and i think that was one of the first that sort of following that i realized yeah. is there was one of the first times that i felt old as a comic book fan oh yeah because huh. i was like oh there's this whole groundswell and this whole fandom that i didn't know existed well, i'm supposed to know all of this stuff because comics is my jam yeah yeah I feel like that with Pokemon. Because, like, they just announced a new Pokemon video game. X and Y? Or something. There's, like, a new Pokemon video game coming out. And, like, people who I am friends with uh, as an adult were freaking out about Pokemon. Because I guess they feel about Pokemon the way I feel about Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Whereas when Pokemon came out when I was, I guess, in eighth grade? It was middle school. It was, like, 97 or so. I think. It was, like, 98. It was Yeah, so I was, like, in eighth, ninth grade. And I was, like, this is awful. Like, I just, like, this is, I do not want to watch this. I oh you mean the show? Yeah. Uh I never watched the show. I sort of got into the games. Video briefly. games or card games? Uh just the Game Boy. Okay. Okay. Um, Acceptable. The only, the only card game I ever played was Star Wars customizable card game. Okay. Uh, okay, let's go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> Cuz I only ever got the they had like the starter box. So you, I think I got it like Toys R Us. Yeah. Anyway, I only got it cuz at that time I was obsessed with Star Wars. Yeah, me too. Oh, been, at was, that time? Well, I've been a Star. I was introduced to Star Wars in '91, which is during the only time in our history since Star Wars debuted that there was ever a drought of material. The fallow period. Yeah, like the late. That's the exact same for me. Yeah, so I got to Star Wars in '91. I was the only kid in first grade who knew what it was. There was one other kid, and he always was Chewbacca, and I was always Han Solo when we played. And we were just <laughs> alone, just the two of us. And he would just growl at you, and you would never speak because yeah. you couldn't understand him. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I would assume what he meant. He'd be like, "That's not what I meant." Um... <laughs> So in 95... <laughs> I imagine just constant fights. <laughs> it's the worst thing to play. Uh, so in 95, when like the new Kenner figures came out and they made that card game, I was like, everything, give it to me. 
I bought the game, had no one to play it with, never played it, never learned how to play it. I played it at a couple of comic book shops with people who were good at it, and it made me not want to play it anymore. Oh, yeah. Oh, were, were they, like, snotty about how good they were at yeah. it? God, that's is so Is there any annoying. other way to be? Yeah. <laughs> if you're in a... If you, um, stereotyping comic people, but I know our kind. <laughs> I know how that can be. Yeah. Well, it was particularly frustrating because I had zero friends. Yeah. I spent all of my time, like, the, the my Star Wars stuff overlapped with my Sonic stuff. So it wasn't like I was just, like, into one thing and then another. Like, eventually... Like, they, you were hanging of, out of the dirt dump. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but... All I was reading was, I was just sitting at home reading Sonic the Hedgehog and Star Wars comic books, reading every Star Wars novel that came out. Oh, yeah. Like, And then I'd be like, you know what? I bet there's people that, would, that are like me that are at the comic book store. Oh, and then I'd go down there and be like, look, I've got the starter set. I want to learn how to play. Let's do it. And then they'd like just get mad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how much aren't you already good at this? Yeah. How much older were they? Oh. Like, like high school? 15 years older. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> what jerks? I don't know if yeah. they were that old. But I was... Seem it. I guess I was, like, whatever, 13, and they were probably, they were in their 20s. Yeah. Okay, so that's completely unacceptable. Yeah. yeah it's like, yeah. come on, guys. They, were, so, they didn't want me around because I was a kid. They wanted to play their serious game. They didn't want some stupid kid who couldn't figure out what to do with the, D- let the Wookiee win card. Yeah. <laughs> the Dianoga card. You know what's ridiculous about that, too? Like, I don't understand that mentality either. In the, in the fall, a bunch of friends of mine and I were like, hey, remember when we all moved to the city and we would occasionally play pick up basketball poorly yeah. uh let's let's do that again so we did and we would go over to this court in williamsburg and we'd play and there was this like 11 year old kid that was always hanging around the court and he'd be like yo let me play let me play man and uh we were like sure okay and it was hilarious to play <laughs> basketball with this kid yeah he would you know he wasn't that good and we weren't that good either and <laughs> But he would, like, make a layup or something, or someone on his team would score, and he'd just get in everybody's face and go, Oh, basura! <laughs> Trash? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're garbage. <laughs> and I, oh, he, he was doing that, and I couldn't, I didn't pick up on what he was saying at first, and I was like, he said it to me, and I go, what did you What did you just say? What was that? It was awesome. And he goes, oh, basura. Like, you're trash, man. And I was like, I love it! <laughs> I would have never had that much fun yeah. if I wasn't playing with, like, an 11-year-old kid. Out of the mouths of babes. That's great. I How did babes. you... <laughs> Children babes. Different kind of babes. Not, <laughs> not pig babes, not lady babes. Children babes. Bart Sears Brutes and babes. <laughs> yeah. Gimme, get... No. Um, <laughs> if you didn't go to... I say poly girls. <laughs> If you were I like already... that little girl that's on the Virgil's root beer. What's <laughs> <laughs> happening? What is happening? No. Uh, if you were already into Sonic comic books, but you hadn't gotten to a comic book store, so you got into Sonic comics elsewhere outside of a comic book store? Uh, like a pharmacy. Okay. All right. Remember those days, listeners? Do you remember those days? I you could buy do. comic books outside of a comic book store? Yeah. I, I think I think I've talked about. Yeah. We've, uh, yeah. Go that's back. Where I would always buy them at like uh, pharmacies. Like there was a pharmacy. Not every pharmacy had them, but yeah. there was like, like every pharmacy around me had comics, but they were all, they were mostly just Marvel uh, oh, and DC, goodness. but a few of them had, uh, none of them had Dark Horse, but a few of them had Archie, so I would go find that one and get get yeah. the Sonic until I figured out, oh, you can subscribe. <laughs> I have to <laughs> yeah. keep hunting this down every week, yeah. every month. So you never, you never really got into either of the big two, right? Like you never really got into Marvel or DC? Um, not that young. I really got into Deadpool. Oh, uh, around 
like right at the height of Joe Kelly's run. Yeah, the the golden years. Yeah, mm-hmm. we we did a dead, we talked about Deadpool number eleven on this podcast with Michael Hartney. The uh, the he goes back and switches places with Spider Man. Oh, that one's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. funny. Yeah, like, a lot of really fun, a lot of really fun stuff there. I forgot how dark that book could get too. That book showed me how dark comics can be. Yeah, like Deadpool finds out that Blind Al and Weasel were hanging out behind his back. He like beats Weasel up or like kicks him out of the house and then throws his blind elderly house captive into a room filled with razors and buzz saws and like barbed wire and traps. Yeah. And as, locks her in there. As a punishment that I was like I think as a kid when I read that I was like, haha. I reread <laughs> it recently and was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. 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 Why did he do that? He he really like he really <laughs> swung that pendulum of like he was trying to be good, but he is fighting this crazy nature of what like has happened to him through nurture but also what everyone expects of him so he's immersing it like oh, it's just such great stuff so what what's what was the appeal for you with deadpool i don't know that's it's a but that's weird to think about because i was like uh i kind of like sonic i always read i kept reading <clears throat> sonic until i was uh out of until i was like senior in high school i think and oh, i just wow. kept reading it because like it it's, I don't know, it's fairly addictive if you, particularly yeah. if you were kind of growing up with it. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, uh, my house is a testament to that. Yes, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, but I stopped reading it eventually because I guess I did sort of start feeling like, well, this is, I like this, but it feels a little childish or yeah, something. Yeah. But uh, Star Wars came along uh, like maybe a year after I started reading Sonic. And then I just read every single Star Wars thing that came out because I was already obsessed with Star Wars and just somehow didn't realize there were comic books of it. Oh, yeah. Um, And I think what was happening was I started going to comic book stores all the time to look for back issues of Star Wars comics that I didn't have. And hopefully find friends. And uh, that didn't work. Oh, okay. (laughs) But I hoped. Uh, You had a new hope. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's Star Wars Episode 4 A New Hope. (laughs) It's a dark time for the. Um, so at one point I remember going into a comic book store and they had, it's weird that I remember this exactly, but they had misfiled a Deadpool comic in the Star Wars section. Wow. Like someone, someone had probably, some idiot kid had probably just been like, I don't want this and just shoved it in. Or it's really smart, like placement. Yeah. I don't know. It worked. But it was the episode, the episode, it's the episode of Deadpool. Yeah. (laughs) The issue of Deadpool, uh, where he fights that weird cat guy who wears a purple suit. Oh, uh, Batrock. Wait, no. Batrock. Was it Batrock the Leaper? Batrock the Leaper. He's not a cat, but, you know, yeah. he's weird. And That's like issue Zilipel. 20. He's That's, French. So it's I, like issue 19 or 20. I think I picked that one up. Yeah. If I'm, and I... <laughs> well, that, just to, that, that page has, that issue has this amazing page where, like, once every year they had to do the statement of ownership where they, like, published that big, long text of, like, legal copy, like, stating how many, how many issues it sold and blah, blah, blah. So for Deadpool, when that came along, uh, they, I guess they had too much story or wanted this, wanted to do this joke. They published the letters page and then published that thing on the side of it. But right before that, Deadpool is fighting Batrock on like this high rise, and he kicks him out a window. 
Uh, and then um, you turn the page, and the next page is Batrock falling out of the window along the side, and then a whole bunch of like made up text that they're, they're where they're literally saying we're just trying to kill time in this space right now on the letters page before we get to the ownership statement. <laughs> so it's like Batrock gobbledygook text in the statement of ownership, and then the story continues. Oh, that's really. Funny. I love that issue. Anyway, continue. Uh, no, I just I saw that, and that cover is really silly. I don't remember what the cover is. I just remember thinking this looks funny and I it's think, called Deadpool my mom will hate this <laughs> and I think it I think it is the issue I think the cover of that is um Deadpool Monty and Weird Al Weird Al Blind Al are they dancing <laughs> Weird they're Al? dancing in a in a field of balloons yeah and it says like one, like one month till dead reckoning and we're all partying or something yeah that's that's what I remember I remember yeah. I remember like maracas being involved I, I have it literally right here oh I was looking it up I, yeah, I mean, should have known better but yeah, oh, I picked weird. that up, and I was like, this looks, just the cover made me want to see what the hell it was, and um, so I, I don't know, I bought that one, and I, I, it made me laugh, even though I had no idea what was going on. Yeah! And See, come the companies, that, that works. People yeah. can just jump in. You don't have to. Yeah. Ugh. So then I bought that, and I, after I bought that, I was like, oh, here's something, and I just bought, like, 1 through 20, like, I caught up, because I found oh. the issues around. Those and became those ended up becoming worth a lot of money. I recently sold most of them. <laughs> did yeah. you get Did you get a good scratch for them? Uh, decent. Because they were they were out of print until like two years ago. <laughs> they yeah. spent a good like 10, 15 years out of print as Deadpool's profile like kept rising. So you go to comic conventions and see like Deadpool number one thirty dollars, which is crazy to me. Yeah. Um. I just figured I didn't need them because I got all the the trades because yeah, they re released them. Really nice. Was... Really nice glossy trades. Yeah. It's really nice. Um, so I was like, all right, I'll just keep these. But then, like, that made me start, when I, after reading Deadpool and seeing, like, crossovers, I started sort of reading other stuff in Marvel. I never read anything DC until, like, six years ago. Yeah. Like, college. I started reading DC, like, late in college. I just, I started reading more Marvel, and I read, I kept reading Star Wars until I just couldn't I'm... keep up with all of it anymore. I'm trying to read, I mean, the new Star Wars series from Dark Horse and in conjunction with the announcement that Disney bought Star Wars got me on this big Star Wars kick. And I went through and used Wikipedia, I think, to construct the timeline, chronological timeline of what happened. Like, everything that's been published after Return of the Jedi, like starting with the Mary Jade by the Emperor's Hand miniseries going into, like, everything else after that. Yeah. I'm trying to read everything from Return of the Jedi after I did that uh, too. Yeah, <laughs> but I I actually have already read a lot of that because it was still a lot of that was still being published while I was into it because they when the prequels came along they stopped focusing on the uh, the series yeah. about the original trilogy as much following the original trilogy they started just mostly printing uh, prequel stuff Jar Jar Binks solo adventures yeah every month <clears throat> Jar Jar Binks Newt Gunray all your favorite characters. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck that shit! <laughs> Just Jar Jar Binks looking for something. Yeah, <laughs> for nine issues. <laughs> Misa gonna find it. <laughs> Misa looking for meaning of life. <laughs> so, uh, where did you go to school? College. Uh, college. Yeah. Mississippi State. Mississippi State. How was that? It was interesting. Yeah. I met I met good people there. I got interested in comedy there. Yeah. I don't use my major for anything. What was your major? Oh, yeah. Uh, journalism. Hey, me too. Nice. Welcome to the party, pal. I write for 
the last newspaper in Ojo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so was there a was there a local comic shop at Mississippi State? No, there was oh, one man. after I moved. In a co- is it a college town or? Yeah, that's weird. There would be one like, in a college town. It's a college town that's like not a college town. Okay. It's Starkville, Mississippi, and it's Starkville. Uh, Starkville is appropriate. It. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, but I had friends like uh, my friend Will, my current roommate. Uh, I met him, and he's always been huge into comics, so I like could borrow stuff from him to read. Yeah, uh, that he had, and order other things. But I didn't like. I didn't really have. I didn't keep up with stuff quite as much because I just wasn't around. Yeah, who's your roommate? Will Cooper. Oh, Will Cooper, who is in continuity in the DC universe. That's true. Oh, what? Uh, yeah. Uh, Collie Hammer drew him into an issue of Green Lantern when he was a kid. Because his, their, him and his dad are friends. Oh, whoa! Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I drunkenly, I drunkenly cornered him about about that at the last UCB open house. <laughs> oh, really? I was like, I gotta talk to you about this awesome thing you did had. You, did <laughs> you know that? Independent of someone telling you, like, were you just like that big of a Green Lantern fan? Oh no, <laughs> like, no, no. How no. uh, Phillips like, told me okay. about it, <laughs> and like, then like found a found the panel somehow, or like it, Will had posted it on his yeah. Tumblr like a long time ago, and showed me, and I was. Uh, uh, I was a gape and uh, a jealous and uh, <laughs> yeah. amazed. Well, I knew um, when I first moved to the city in like 06, I I think it was like late 06 or late 07, I went to Comic Book Club at The Pit, uh, which is a great podcast and talk show really in the city about comic books. Because they had Peter David on and Chris Gethard. Uh, and Chris Gethard is a comedian that our listeners probably know. Because he had a show. The Chris Gethard Show.com, if you yeah. haven't checked it out. Uh, uh, he's been on Conan. He's been on The Office this season. He was on that lake, Big Lake on Comedy Central. Yeah. yeah. He has he, a yeah. great book that yes. came out last year. Yeah. Um, but, cause, but he is, uh, after me, the world's biggest multiple man fan. <laughs> like... <laughs> And so, like, he loved that 90s Peter David X-Factor run, so I went to go see Comic Club to see them talk. And so it was funny to see Chris Gethard meeting Peter David. That's the weird thing when you're, like, meeting the person that wrote all this stuff that you love. Yeah. But he mentioned that he had a letter printed, and I remember I went home for Christmas. It must have been 06, because I went home for Christmas uh, and found that issue of X-Factor, that he had his letter printed and scanned it and, like, sent it to him, so he had to have a digital copy. Oh, yes. Yeah. It was, like, finding all these... New York comedians and all their, like, sordid comic book pass as a child. I just remembered I had a letter printed in Sonic the Hedgehog. Whoa! Yeah! And I don't remember which issue or where or <clears throat> what, because I wrote it when I was, like, very young. Yeah. Sure. But I, I asked them some question about where a character was that hadn't shown up in a while, and they were like, oh, he's actually... They, like, answered me, because it, okay. like it was like this skunk. <laughs> I think it was about him. There's this skunk who's, like, Sonic's foil... Like, he loves Princess Sally, too, and he's, like, this, like, I picked, I always read him as French. I don't think he actually is. I think he's just, like, a military man. But like, yeah. I, oh, wrote, yeah, that I was guy. like, what happened to him? Where'd he go? He What's his name? I don't remember. Well, okay. I remember him from the cartoon. <clears throat> yeah. He the, would, the Sad Am cartoon. He would show up uh, every now and then. He was a skunk with a purple beret. Yeah. And I don't remember his name. Because he, he wasn't in it a whole lot. Um, but I did, like, want to know where he was, and they are like, they told me. <laughs> I had a letter printed in Uncanny X-Men number 367, which is part of the Magneto War. Uh, and I wrote about how mad I was that they had seemingly killed Toad <laughs> during the search for Xavier crossover. 
where I, I think I literally, I literally say like, there are no Silver Age X-Men villains left. You killed all of them. Mastermind. You don't use Eunice anymore. The Vanisher. They've all come back to life since then, <laughs> except for Mastermind. Um, and then I also got onto them for the mischaracterization of Toad because I, what? yeah, because I, I said like, oh man, when Toad was, when Toad, Toad led the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants against X-Force, he was smart and capable. Now you have him acting like an idiot. You're like. <laughs> <laughs> You're like a current YouTube commenter or something. Yeah, yeah. Like you know what's you know what's ridiculous. <laughs> you know what's ridiculous, and I'll point this out. I think your favorite characterization is the only time he's been that way, and the person responsible for that was Rob Liefeld. Yeah, it was probably a big old mistake. <laughs> yeah. So you wanted Toad to be smart. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, because he well, it's you always want things to be how they were when you first read them, and the first time I ever read Toad was during that uh, that six issue span where Rob Liefeld has the Brotherhood fight X Force. The six spend... issue span that happens over the course of like eleven minutes. Yeah. Well, it's like they spend it's like a Dragon Ball Z season. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think three issues in a row all end in the exact same place with all the, with them still standing at it, like looking at each other. Yeah. And it's like this is not going anywhere. Um, I, I had a letter. And I should... paper rock scissors. <laughs> I should have mentioned this last when we had um, John Gutierrez on talked about Toy Fair was I had a letter printed in Toy Fair I can't remember what it I think it was like issue 20 something where they had announced that there was going to be an X-Men action figure box set of their Jim Lee blue and gold uniforms like repaints only available at BJ wholesalers or whatever and in Tennessee we don't have those so I wrote a letter like saying like what's a BJ <laughs> <laughs> no. It's like I really want this. What's a BJ? And the only thing they they wrote was, "We'll tell you when you're older." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. And I remember getting it, not understanding it when I when I, I was like, "Oh, they they printed my letter." I didn't understand. I knew they were making fun of me. I didn't understand what they were talking about. <laughs> This is like seventh grade, and that's so I never told anyone that I got that letter printed. Oh, that's amazing! <laughs> uh, oh, childhood. But you're big into reading like trade paperbacks and stuff now. Uh, yeah, you so, voraciously read things. Yeah, I. I guess at one point I was just like, "Screw it, this is all I'm gonna read." <laughs> like I've read like one, like novel um, novel in the past like two years <laughs> like, blah, fuck that blah. <laughs> yeah Ugh, too many words so uh what have you been what have you been reading like what's what's been the best stuff you've read during that that stretch um let's see i'll think and i'll also look because i write it all down oh really <laughs> what is your how do you write it down what is I your use, process i need to know all this your I your ears could pro- not have yeah. perked up faster it's like yeah. someone does something that's somewhat similar to what i do but probably not to the same level of insanity probably not oh, i use God. goodreads okay um because they they always have everything listed and so i can give it a review and remind myself what i thought of it ah. i think other people have started reading my reviews which i'm like this is for me. <laughs> but off. fine, go ahead. We'll link to uh, it in the show notes. No. Um, but right now, I started reading over Christmas, I started reading Why the Last Man. That's recent. And Recently you started reading it. Not yeah, recent, I recently started reading it, and I'm almost done. So I read, so I guess, almost 60 issues of it yeah. in about two weeks. That's the way to do that. Yeah, it's like Lost or any TV show. You just barrel through. I read, uh, I read the entire, the entirety of Kieran Gillen's Journey into Mystery run, in I think a week. That's uh, can I you just do that still? Tore through it. It is. It's. Yeah. It's really good. It's 
very, very worth your time. Yeah, I uh, I want to read that. I haven't gotten around to it. I read his uh, Thor that I guess leads into that. Oh, yeah. Because he did like an arc on on Thor, bef- like right around right Siege? After, right after uh, yeah. Straczynski. Yeah. Straczynski? Yeah, he was uh, Straczynski. I, J. Michael Straczynski. Yeah. <laughs> I was For some reason, I was picturing a, when I said Straczynski, I was thinking Stravinsky. Yeah. And I was like, wait, no, that's a composer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, am I, who am I screwing up? Yeah. yeah Everyone just calls him JMS. I'm yeah, trying to think of true. anything I've, like, read that quickly. Man, I think I, I read pretty much everything, either, like, a trade at a time or an issue at a time. Yeah, I've mostly been, lately, I was trying to catch up on current series, but then I just have a whole, I have a big backlog of things I've bought that are, like, the best Oh yeah, the things that are considered great that I never read. What so, are those? Uh, Hellboy. Never I read, read all of Hellboy. You have read all yeah. of Hellboy now? Oh wow. Um, BPRD, which I like more than Hellboy. Yeah, that's a consensus. I feel people yeah. say that. Uh, Kevin Hines is really into that right now. We were just discussing that the other night. Yeah, BPRD is amazing. Yeah, it's it might be my favorite comic book series. Okay, I, okay, I don't. Let's but, not go that far. Okay, let's not I'm just think about it. Think it, about it. It's great. Uh, what else have I read? Let me just look. Oh, I finally finished The Invisibles. How Grant Morrison-y is that? I imagine that's the most Grant Morrison-y. It's the most. It's the most Grant Morrison-y, but still fun. It's not as Grant Morrison-y as I felt Final Crisis was. Okay. I feel like Grant Morrison just went nuts. (laughs) With Final Crisis. It feels like he was mad at comic books. Yeah, yeah. Oh, did you it, read that? Uh, oh, I did. I did. And it had all of that... <clears throat> it, it had all the, like, hallmarks of, of a heightened Grant Morrison story, too. Like, the clipped dialogue where you feel like yeah. there should be three more lines of interaction and they just took out a bunch of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, r- time jumps that happen between panels with no sort of... Uh, with no sort of transition or, or I don't want to say logic, but it just, uh, it just feels like, again, it feels like there were steps that were taken out of the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Just like huge concepts that I guess he thought of and then didn't feel like writing down. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're just like, they're like, there'll be like a character in Final Crisis who's clearly like possessed or something. And I'm reading it, and I'm like, I have read this very closely. And I have no idea what who this person is or why they're possessed and acting crazy. Yeah. And like, and then it's just like, basically, he uses the anti-life equation as like a catch-all for I can do whatever I want. Okay. And it uh, it drove me nuts. And the only person I've ever talked to who liked Final Crisis was some random guy I ran into at a bookstore, and I picked it up and went ugh. And put it back on the shelf, and he went, really? <laughs> ah. And I was he like, died. <laughs> the guy dropped dead by yeah. the anti-life equation. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, Invisibles is... I really enjoyed it. I don't think it's quite as... I, I feel like it's one of those series that people tout as just, like, one of the greatest things that's ever happened. Yeah. Did you get, like, the big omnibus that just came out, or...? No. I just read the trades. Okay. But it's... Uh, it reaches a point... Where, like, I would say the first four trades are, you can you can hop on. You can yeah. get it. And it's, like, big weird stuff that Morrison usually does. Like, just, like, insane mind control. And, like, there's another there's another planet behind the moon yeah. that causes certain people to be chosen to be the, like, 
punk rock jerks of the world who save everybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and like, I don't know, just like yeah. that sort of stuff that he loves to do. Yep. And, but you could kind of, like I was like with it. I was reading it and I was like, okay, yeah, this is super weird, but I understand. It's like kind of a Phil K. Dick style of like, oh, yeah. mind fuck. <clears throat> but uh, towards the end of it, he just like went crazy. He was just like, <laughs> here we go. This is what I've wanted. What's the series like, counting down? <clears throat> the, the last, last one was. The last okay. one went from 12 to 1. I remember it Wizards was, wrote about that. I remember that from middle school. It was supposed to be counting down to the new millennium. Yeah. But then it got delayed, and so number one came in like March, or like May of 2000. Okay. So it didn't actually count down to the new millennium. <laughs> yeah. But like part of the whole arc of the story is that it's approaching the new millennium, and that yeah. that's a big deal. And then it was funny to me that they were like going to do it with the comics and then missed it. Yeah. <laughs> Whoopsie um, daisy. Not a priority, I guess. Yeah, it just, I don't know, it got to a point where I just didn't know, really, what every what, what every character was supposed to be doing, and what was important and what wasn't. Yeah. And I, I didn't really like the last trade. The last trade, I was like, this is good, I'm glad that this is over, <laughs> but I don't fully understand this. And I feel like it's one of those things where, like, pe- some people tell me I'm stupid for not getting it, and I need to go back and read it again, and I'm like, I don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, I can't read everything twice. There... Being someone who probably talks more shit about Grant Morrison than he actually feels, because mm-hmm. uh, I actually do, I like half of what I've read, probably. Uh, I had a point, and then I just lost it. Oh. Wait, what were you saying? Oh, people oh. people act like it's, you know, like you are diseased or wrong because you don't like a lot of the stuff. Or they're like, shocked! Yeah. Um, I don't know, but I, I do, I love his Animal Man, I love Doom Patrol, I love We Three, uh... All-Star Superman, eight or nine out of the 12 issues I thought were great. <laughs> yeah. I'll uh, say you had problems with... The Lois Lane the issue Lois was Lane. really good, but it was also just like, what the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> I... And, and to, uh, we get into a deep talk about that, but it's... <laughs> he sets up the promise of Lois Lane actually saying, like, yeah, I want to go beat up that giant monster. Like, she, he gives the character the desire to do the thing. And then says, no, all the men are going to do the thing, and then they're going to fight over, and you're going to get to wear some jewelry. <laughs> like, yeah. if he had just <laughs> taken out that, that dialogue. That was the synopsis. Yeah. That was the, yep. uh, the outline. If yep. he had just taken out her desire to want to fight the dinosaur, like, I totally get, because someone on Twitter, when I was railing about this board at my sister's house over, ten, over Christmas, <laughs> uh, someone was like, you know, not everyone would think out those powers would want to fight evil like Superman does. Totally understandable. I actually get that. Yeah. Uh, it would be really great her to use Superman powers to go on a date with him and do crazy shit like sit on the moon. Awesome. But Grant Morrison gave her the desire to want to fight crime. Yeah. For a panel. And then did not deliver on that promise. Yeah. I will oh. say, <laughs> I've seen Grant Morrison at cons and stuff, and I've actually walked past him more than once in New York City. Oh, uh, wow. And not during conventions. Uh, he's actually in multiple places at once. All the yeah, time. yeah, yeah. He uh, just, yeah. he's got swagger. Yeah, yeah. He walks with he, he walks with man? purpose. Nah, not really. Does I he mean, look anything like every character in every book that he's ever written? Oh yeah, <laughs> surprisingly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, he, I mean he looks like <clears throat> Spider Jerusalem without the weird tattoos. Yeah, know? there's. Yeah. He looks exactly like King Mob is him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's um. And this is maybe he looks like that writer at the end of his Animal Man run. 
Oh yeah. Well, that's 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 exactly that's what being it looks like. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Of I course, there's a, I think there's a character in Doom Patrol that looks like him. If I'm remembering correctly, I believe that is correct as well. I always find that funny. Oh no, there's a there's a writer in Doom Patrol also. It's like oh, an Animal Man. Right, right, him. right. And it shows him... Oh, no, that's not Animal Man. It's uh, it's a different book. It's Seven Soldiers of Victory. Yeah. That's where he okay. also is a writer who's like... It shows a guy with like a top hat. He takes his top hat off and it's clearly Grant Morrison. When are people yeah. going to start... Do people, are they people rolling their eyes at that yet? When does that stop being cute? It's kind of like the kid who says a precocious thing and there's like he keeps saying it. Like, okay. Just for Grant Morrison or overall? For Grant Morrison. It seems like he's played that card a lot. <laughs> I I roll my eyes at it. Okay. I roll my eyes at it at the issue of Ex Machina that Brian K. Vaughn wrote himself into, though. Oh, I haven't gotten there. I'm I'm yeah. I've only I'm only issue twenty five of that. I think twenty five thirty. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I'll finish because me and Tony Moore got beef now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. I read. I finished that before he slandered <laughs> half of the population. <laughs> right. Uh, half of the. Uh, did someone finally on finally put on Tumblr uh, the the screen cap of like when they're they're reading Batwoman and DC was doing that stupid um, college humor villains of nerddom ad campaign and the one on the cover inside cover of Batwoman is the fake geek girl, which yeah. is just like DC Comics. Why are you fucking idiots for running that? And college humor don't why why don't do that? Yeah, uh, it's like yes, put that inside of Batwoman. Don't put that in front of any comic. Your most progressively female-centric superhero book. That's what they said is like, I just want to read my lesbian Jewish superhero comic book, and you're putting this in my face. Thank you. I don't know if I want to give you my money. Start getting a, what's his name, Gwillem March? Start getting him to draw all the Batwoman covers. (laughs) Look at that big butt. Yeah. (laughs) Feminism. (laughs) Swing that big old booty around. (laughs) She ain't wearing it. Panties on their damn legs. <laughs> that Lord. is my biggest pet peeve. If you if if I can't read books where the artists draw women uh, with their with their midriff showing and the thong straps sticking out from their pants. Oh, like, like uh, the sides. What's her name? Lita from the WCW. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like uh, like like extras from Cisco's The Thong Song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like that's not. What are you doing? No yeah. one wears that. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen a human being besides Lita. Yeah. actually dressed that way and I think she was doing it ironically <laughs> she was in Team Extreme with the Hardy Boys that's true was... she's WWF not WCW w- now WWE now WWE it was yeah. F when she was there yeah this is then they got the F out <laughs> this is Aaron and Matt love wrestling <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so what what would you consider to be your all time? Well, not necessarily all time favorite. I don't want to like make you think about that. But what are some of your all time favorite stories and runs? I'm really, really into Why the Last Man. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nicole. Oh yeah. boy. I, part of why I'm reading it is part of why I decided to read it when I did is because I read the first hardcover and then I ran into Nicole and she was like, oh. <laughs> And I was like, you had a reverse final crisis moment with it. Yeah, ah, exactly. Uh, and I was like, no, what? No, come on. And uh, she was like, no, I hate it. And so I wanted, I want to finish it so I can like, I would like to have a full on discussion with her about it to like see exactly what how she feels about it in certain yeah. ways because I can see part of what she said, but also partially I disagree with her. She thinks that it's very sort of misogynistic, I guess, in a way. Uh, I think it's hard she- to explain. I don't want to. I, I don't want to speak. I don't want to speak. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just that the most developed character in the book is the man. Right. It's like you have this opportunity with a cast of literally like 
98% women, you could have more of them be more well-rounded characters, but the one who gets the most attention, like, you know, that, I think, to speak for her, but yeah. words in her yeah, mouth. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, good thing she's not here and never will be. Yeah. <laughs> but also, as we, also, as we talked about in the Quantum and Woody episode, is, like, Yorick Brown is very much that stock male asshole character, that, like, cocky, 20-year-old, like, just doofus. <laughs> the rest not, of development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The the but character that I love. <laughs> I feel like he grows though, and I feel like he's a, he's like, I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I like his character. Yes. Maybe because I can identify. with Yeah. Him. We're all you know. We're all stupid. <laughs> so we're all just like, uh, uh, the the we're all white boys who were probably made fun of as kids. Right. <laughs> right. So and can't stop doing magic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and we all have pet monkeys. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Um, we all but, watched Friends. Yeah. Is is so we, there is there a York Brown Ross Geller mashup of anything anywhere? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's a good point. Monkeys. Who's, yeah. Who's monkey would win that fight? Oh, ampersand. Yeah. By far. Yeah. Real quick sidetrack, because <clears throat> just I finished. I watched all ten seasons of Friends in like a month, and it is so out of place halfway through season one when Ross gets a fucking monkey. Yeah, and it's it, really random. It is ridiculous that that monkey was only there for six episodes, and for some reason in the public zeitgeist, everyone thought that monkey was there for the entire run. Yeah. <laughs> like if you didn't watch Friends. You just knew, eh, how's that monkey doing? It's like, no, that monkey was there for like maybe <laughs> ten episodes at most. Yeah, I remember that. Ugh. I remember feeling like, oh, <clears throat> what are you guys doing? Come on. Well, so they, uh, from what I heard, too, they kind of wrote him off because he was starting to get it ornery. Like, the monkey himself. <laughs> and also, like, they shot Outbreak, and monkey that up. was the monkey yeah. in Outbreak. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it, it, it was a little bit of both. Yeah. No, it's, it's been like 20 years since I read that. Does he have the biggest box office budget of the entire Friends cast then? The monkey? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I think Jenny Ann's. That's what I call her. She might have a lot of money compiled from all of her indies and rom-coms. Oh, and the whole 9 and 10 yards made a good chunk of change. Yeah, they're, they're the, yeah. the cumulative, probably the cumulative receipts of Jennifer Aniston's yeah. uh, entire career. Oh, and Courtney Cox was in all four Scream movies. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Nah, the Friends are doing okay. Yeah. Continue. What are your favorite comic book series? <laughs> um, oh, let's boy. see. Let me, I, uh, Jason Aaron, yeah, leaps to mind. Oh yeah, because uh, the first thing I read of him obviously was Scalped, which I think what a lot of people jump on with. Yep. I'm on issue twenty, I think of that. Maybe twenty five or twenty six actually. I've read everything that's out in trade. Yeah, and then it, the series is done, so I'm just waiting on that last trade to come out. Oh yeah, um, and it stays amazing. The whole I've heard time. great things. It sticks the landing. Yeah. So. Um, it's, I don't know, it's, that's one of my favorites. He's one of my favorites that I could, I feel like I could read almost anything. I've read, I read The Other Side, which was his Vietnam War oh, story. Oh, yeah. He did that before Scout. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I read, I think all of his Wolverine until uh, that, what was that series? Um, crap. Well, the, the, there was a separate Wolverine series he wrote that ended. Like he did all. Oh, he did um, uh, Wolverine Weapon X. That, yeah, yeah with Ron and with he Ron ended that with Ron Garney. Yeah, and then then it went back to being another Wolverine series, Wolverine, and the first arc of that was Wolverine Goes to Hell, which was really good. Right, uh, uh, that's that's as far as I've read. But I've yeah. read everything. I have an omnibus of his Wolverine <laughs> yeah. through that, and I've read that. Only Wolverine I've ever liked reading. I would dare say. Me too. Was that I was like, and even uh, at first I was like, oh god. It's still Wolverine. <laughs> like, I was like, this is, like, I can understand this is solid writing, but it's just, 
a Wolverine story. Yeah. But then eventually I like was like, no, this is great. Have yeah. you guys never read any of the Larry Hama stuff from like the so. late eighties, yeah. early nineties? Yes. So I liked I liked it. Uh, I enjoyed um, it during Mark Silvestri's run on the book. I think I, I've read oh, at the tail end of that. Okay. I really liked uh, Enemy of the State. Oh yeah, Millar and Romita Jr. I liked yeah. that. Um, um, and I also liked the Old Man Logan, but that's a miniseries. Yeah. Well, and it was done in the it was done in the interim of Wolverine. It was actually in Wolverine. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And it was so delayed they just jumped ahead in numbering or whatever. Yes. Like, yeah. like eighty came out before seventy seven or something. <laughs> yeah, and then like I think eighty came out before seventy nine, and then seventy nine came out, and then they actually finished the book in a giant size special instead of continuing it in yeah. the series itself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I remember that. Yeah. I uh yeah. So I like those Wolverines. But yeah, so Jason Aaron uh I do like Grant Morrison a lot. I've read a lot of his stuff. He's he always weirds me out, but it always kind of makes me think. So I'm never like maybe that's why I don't like him. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Tiny baby voice. Oh man, what if Grant Morrison is like the 30 Rock or Parks and Rec of comic <clears throat> books? But and you I'm can only guy. watch the Big Bang. You can uh, only read the Big Bang Theory and Two and a Half Men. I love Warren Ellis though. Oh. And Warren Ellis can almost out crazy Grant Morrison, or they go toe to toe. I don't, but I think with mm-hmm. Warren Ellis, it's a very accessible sort of crazy, where it's yeah. like an angry old man crazy. Whereas yeah. Grant Morrison's like this insane, like guy who genuinely believes he was abducted by aliens because <laughs> well, he does. Yeah. <laughs> See, that endears him to me in a way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I love, also, my biggest beef with Grant Morrison, I mean, when the first thing I ever had, first exposure I had to him was New X-Men, which is like, I am I was a junior in high school, and you're coming at me with your leather, and your weird <laughs> counterculture, and you're changing everybody's names, and writing in your weird ways. I was like, no. You didn't like that? <laughs> I was pissed. I liked I, it. I still hate it. I still... I still I, I I think I can go back and read it and respect it as good writing, but as an X Men story, no, I not my. The, it's I too think close the to first me. year of his run on New X Men was I really enjoyed that. I was in college at the time, and you you were ready. Yeah, you I was ready. Oh, I was, <laughs> and, and I was like hyper depressed, and it had been months since I broke up with this girl that I was like insanely in love with, and. Uh, and the the whole, I remember the X books in general not being good at that time. True. Like Terry Cavanaugh was sort of writing based on editorial edict. Well, yeah. But, and uh, 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 and then the the whole Magneto War thing uh, happened. Uh, and <laughs> post traumatic stress disorder happened. Yeah. Right and and, and it was were awful. It was such a fresh. It, it was such a fresh and different influx of energy, and. Like X Force, I remember picking up Ugh, at my local comic that's shop. That made me so mad. The uh, X Force One Sixteen and and or was it One Sixteen? It was One Sixteen because I, X- I made it into a hat. Yeah, and then New X Men One Fourteen, right? You made it. Yeah, into a, wait, like a like a. I had like a, a new boat. I had a New Year's like plastic top hat from like I think from two thousand from the Millennium that I was just like, in my room and I just like paper mache. You mean the Willennium? Yes, the Willennium. Yeah. <laughs> You're still in that. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Will Smith. Uh, I I paper like paper mache basically the one sixteen of X Force into the hat. 
Because... Out of anger? Yes. Wow. I was that fan. Oh, sure. Before then. But, and also, again, like, I guess either I can, I don't know, I I could say I can relate to people that are really pissed about everything happening, happening with Spider-Man right now, because I was that way about X-Force and the X-Men and stuff, but on the other hand, I think that the one-two-three punch of Joe Casey, Grant Morrison, and Peter Milligan on Uncanny X-Men and X-Force far outweighs what they're doing to Spider-Man right now, I would say. Because they were like, they trashed, they like trashed all the setup, all the continuity, all the costumes, like, it, well, not all the continuity, but just like the status quo. Everything was different. Tone was different. Were they doing all that stuff uh, where they like explored Nightcrawler's demon father or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Oh boy, well that came a little later. Yeah. Like, unfortunately. Uh, but it was but still happened. in that era. Okay. It, yeah, it, as a, in, in, it was rough. That that's the only time that I've ever fallen out of comic books. Almost, I was reading Captain Marvel and Spider Man. That was it. Almost, yeah, because that shit annoyed me. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, late nineties. I was only like ninety nine. I think I was only reading. Wow, yeah, I think I was only reading Preacher at the time, and in trades up until the final arc. And I couldn't wait any longer and bought the individual issues. Yeah. And then it was about, yeah, I guess, like, I would pick up occasional issues at the comic swap in State College. And then, uh, and then it was, it was at that time that I started getting back into, that I started getting back into everything was when they did that with, uh, they did all that stuff with Grant Morrison. And then shortly after that, uh, like like the ultimate line oh, yeah. had just debuted, and then Marvel JMS went on yeah. Amazing, and uh, the JMS issues of Amazing were the very first things that I bought at Midtown Comics ah. when I visited my friend Alex in uh, New York <clears throat> City in August of two thousand one. <clears throat> Snap! And then we went to Coyote Ugly uh, because we didn't know any better, <laughs> and uh, and made out with a couple chicks, and it was awesome. That's nice. some magic. That was the only time I was ever cool in New York City. Guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, I think you're cool. I was yeah. uh, I was really drunk. I've never uh, smoked a cigarette before in my life, and uh, these girls. This is when you could still smoke in bars in New York, and we talked our way in. It was t- a week and a half before my birthday, and the guy didn't want to let me in. I was like, dude, I'm practically 21. He was like, sure. So let me in. It's a different New York. <laughs> yeah. So so we go in and we get drunk and we meet these these girls and they're they're really cool and. I'm pretty drunk, and the one girl's, like, trying to light her cigarette uh, and has another one for a friend, and I just grab both of them and her lighter, and I put both of them in my mouth and start lighting, and I hear her say to my friend Alex, she goes, oh, I didn't know he smokes. (laughs) Alex leans over as I'm lighting and handing them to him. He goes... He's never touched a cigarette before in his life. I don't know what the fuck he thinks he's doing. <laughs> uh, that's it. That story. Smooth. <laughs> yeah, it stuck the landing, you guys. It's <laughs> uh, uh, a good story. Well, we are now at the end-ish of the adventure, but we do have some announcements. We do. Was that smooth? That was not smooth. That was very smooth. Let's uh, put yeah. on the brakes of the fun wagon. No, uh, we do have a couple fun announcements. Um, first up, our next book. First up? First up. First up. First up. We're going to talk about some first stuff, you guys. Mm. Uh, get real. My favorite fuzzy. porn website. <laughs> first up. 
Starter stuff. Uh, say it like the Sega at the beginning of a uh, Sonic game. Burst stuff. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, our next book club pick is going to be issue 21 of the original run of Fantagraphics Love and Rockets. Yeah. By the Hernandez brothers. Good luck finding it. We're it is. Uh, well, it, well, it's, it's it is it's, on Comicsology, I do believe. Yeah, uh, as part of a digital collection. Yeah, we'll have um, a link up, and you can probably grab a back issue on my comic shop or some yes. other website. Yes, do that. Um, it's uh, a it's it's a book that we are actually Brett and I will be reading for the first time, which doesn't happen that often on the show, but we uh, we like to do it, and we will be joined by uh, the very funny and talented Will Hines. And John Frusciante, not, not from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Not from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> the New York City uh, improv comedian who is the associate artistic director at the UCB Theater. Yes. Uh, um, yeah, so similar but different. So you guys are upgrading for your next episode. <laughs> oh, no, not uh, at all. Um, uh, in fact, downgrading. I mean, no. Yeah, yeah screw those guys. <laughs> uh, but but it's a it's a it's a fascinating and dense issue, and it's Will's all time favorite series, which doesn't have me nervous at all. So yeah, so uh, check us out next week. That's going to be a good time. Uh, also. We have another really fun announcement to make. Yeah. Uh, if you are in the New York City area on February 5th, which is a Tuesday evening at 7 p.m., you should come out to Fontana's Bar on the Lower East Side, where we will be having a Crisis on Infinite Podcasts event. 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 Yeah. Event. Big news. Uh, Comic Book Club tapes their weekly show at 7 p.m. at Fontana's every week. And on that evening at 8 p.m., we will be taping a live episode of Matt and Brett Love Comics immediately following their show with Pete and Justin and Alex from Comic Book Club as our guests. Yeah, it's a great podcast on the Nerdist Network. On the Nerdist Network. So, got that, got that platform. What did you, what did you yeah. say this crossover was like? Oh, I was like, this is basically if in the 90s they were like, oh, Slingers needs to cross over with the Avengers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're clearly Slingers here. <laughs> because Slingers was really awesome and cool. You're, are and you also, the Hornet? No one bought it. Uh... Man, I like... Hornet was one of my favorite characters. I love Ricochet. Ricochet. But you're probably more Ricochet. Okay, I'll neither take it. Neither of us is Prodigy because he was an asshole, and neither of us is Dusk because neither no. of us is a goth girl. That's true. Or, or just gender thrown out there, neither of us is goth. At all. So... Even a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, Tuesday, February 5th at uh, 7 p.m. Please come out for that. It's going to be a really fun night. Yes. Um, we're really excited for that. I've been a guest <clears throat> on Comic Book Club before, and it was an incredibly fun time. And I've been in the audience of multiple episodes of Comic yes. Club. Yes. <laughs> uh, which is also a really great time. Like, they're, they're, they have a really fun show. and it's, They give away prizes. Yeah. So I don't know if we can compete with giving away prizes. Yeah. But this is a competition, so we have to beat them. We'll bring our we'll bring our A-plus game. Yeah. <laughs> I'll wear a button-down shirt. <laughs> I'll give you guys a, a $5 bill giveaway as a prize. Oh, hey! Cold our cash. You don't even yeah. have to buy comics with it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the Shizzo. Yeah. Uh, so what do you have going on? Please. It's your, t- it's your time <clears throat> to take the mic solo. Plug away. Um, well, uh, as mentioned... I have a Twitter <laughs> that is apparently ridiculous. <laughs> and amazeballs. And amazeballs. And, uh, and that's at Aaron Burdett. That's A-A-R-O-N-B-U-R-D-E-T-T-E. That's right. And 
I just wanted to show off that I can spell. Yeah. You did it. You know. English. And um, Stone Cold Fox, which is Fridays at 7.30 at the UCB Theater in Chelsea. Uh, awesome. Great. Uh, you can go to our website, mattbrellofcomics.com, where you can flip through the back issues, uh, leave us comments, leave us suggestions for our future episodes. And thank you to everyone who has sent us suggestions. We are going to be reading those books on the air in the next couple months, I assure you of that, and okay. we are very excited that you've been sending us suggestions. Yes, they were entered into the Google Doc. Uh, you can also find all of our Twitter follow information on there. Please follow us. Please tweet at Nicole, because she wants to hear from you, specifically. If you're going to write to me or Matt, write to Nicole instead. You can still tell her what you're going to tell us, Yeah, but just tweet at her. Yeah. Tell her you love Why the Last Man. Well, <laughs> sure. I, I'm not going to... I No, I don't endorse it. Aaron, tell, I'm saying it. There you go. This Aaron, is all on me. Say Aaron said to tell you that. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it, right? Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. Until next time, this is Matt. This is Brad. And I don't know if you know this, but we love comics. That's a true statement. Holla at you, boys. What, what? Try to stay alive in 2013. That doesn't rhyme. 2005? That's not that is, that's all year. Sure, that's that's not how you say that. 2005. <laughs> <laughs> uh, stuff.